A thief, barbarian, druid, sorcerer. A new law enforcement group called the FBI arrives to investigate the murders. Ingratiates himself into this higher society. Whether he fell, was pushed, or jumped. Crash landing into the Andes. Begins to contemplate what this other romance might have been. Building concert and backstage footage. And my number one is... This time on the Oscar should have gone to top ten of twenty twenty three. Hey Meg, we, talk, we talked about how. Hey Craig, we talked about happy, how cold uh, it was. Happy New yeah. Year. Happy, happy New January. Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to be. It's um, we are still we're still here. Much like Seely from the color purple, mm-hmm. we're here. Yes, in the I final didn't plan seven that. minutes. I just, <laughs> final seven minutes of the movie. Just a reminder. I, just a reminder. I feel like there are so many. I have so much. I, there's so many movies that did not make that my top ten that I want to chat about. But I guess well, we'll I was going to say, say that. so. So we're doing our top ten today. I think this is interesting because this, as of yesterday, I have now seen more 2023 films than any other year in my recorded history. And what's of, funny about that is what I, I'm hoping you're getting to. I. The other half, I yeah. would go ahead and so, say I've seen probably fewer. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That you've been doing like a mad catch up, you know, these last mm-hmm. couple of weeks trying to see important stuff, but you probably saw fewer films uh, from maybe the 2023 year than you have in, you know, two decades probably. Yep. I'd say that's fair. So if you're, so listening to this, take it all with a, take it all with a, I was going to say grain of salt, but that's not right. Take it yeah. as, take it, this is just like us, like goofing, like, mm-hmm. you know, boot, boot scoot goofing, new boot goofing, we're having fun. Is that a term? Is that new a boot. term that they use in LA since I left? I'm, I'm not going to get into it. If you know what was that on boot, the, that, that was a big strike line thing that people strike would line thing? talk about. If, yeah. you, if, if, if you people out there know what new boot goofing is, fucking hell yeah. That's all I got to say to that. Um, look it up. Just do a little Google. It's, it will not disappoint. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have not only seen fewer films this year, I also don't, I don't know if it's the mindset that I have been in. Mm-hmm. I don't like most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I feel like this year has disappointed me. Every movie that I have been hype for, I've been like, oh, that's fine. Or actually, this is not good. I think probably maybe it's partially like the active delay, whereas I feel like usually like if this was a, had been a standard year for you, you would be seeing some of these movies, you know, within a week of them being released. Yeah, I guess that's as opposed true. to like some of these things like months later after you've heard all this chatter yeah. about them, you're seeing them. Because yeah, obviously that- anytime you see anything, you can be you can go into something and have huge expectations just based on a review out of a film festival where no yeah. one else you know has seen it and then be like well well yeah that wasn't for me but i think particularly when you haven't seen a bunch cuz i actually think this is probably the best and this is not saying much given the climate but this is the best year for movies since 2019 easily i think wow, wow. i i see i'd say i disagree with that but i honestly like I don't even know. I, I guess my, my thing is is making this t- top ten list uh, uh, 
on my list, there's not one of the movies where I'm like, God damn, this fucking thing is a masterpiece. And I feel right. like in past years, I've been like, this blew me away. And I really loved some of these movies, but none of them blew me away. Sure. Now, granted, there's a few I have not seen. Yeah. Do you want to caveat anything like major? Because there's yeah. there's like, I would say there's like three or four films I would have liked to have seen before, but I just don't know for sure when some of them are going to be out in Philadelphia. So Yeah, my, my caveat is I have not seen Poor Things. We, I mm-hmm. don't know why. I, we don't, SAG does not have screeners yet. It's very strange. Well, the um, nominations only came out last week, so. Right, but still weird. Um, I have not seen Poor Things. I have not seen Zone of Interest. And I have uh-huh. not seen All of Us Strangers. Those three I am hyped for. I'm more hyped now for Poor Things. I was not excited because I was like, it looks gross. <laughs> Which I'm sure it is still gross. But um, uh, those three are the three that I think probably would have made, uh, would make an impact for me. Make a run. Um, so I have four, two lesser so. I don't really think they probably would have made the top ten, but got pretty good reviews. Totem, which is the Mexican entry for Best International Feature, which has been uh, is shortlisted for the Oscars, has been making a lot of like the other awards lists in terms of like the best international one of the top one of the five nominees for Best International Picture. Mm-hmm. So that I would have liked to have seen. I don't think it comes out here until the end of the month. Memory, the Jessica Chastain, Peter Sarsgaard, early onset dementia film is Chastain. supposed to be good. Chastain. Jay Chastain? My yeah. girl my girl Chastain? Mm-hmm. She has dementia? No, Sarsgaard has dementia. Oh, Sarsgaard has dementia. Too bad. Yeah. She's bummed about that. She would have loved yeah. to play somebody with dementia. Um, and then the two big ones for me are Origin, which is the new Ava DuVernay movie, which I think is maybe going to be out here next week. There's a sneak preview of it on Wednesday that I don't think I can go to, but I'm hoping that means it's coming very soon, um, that people seem to either love, like our friend Clayton Davis had it as, I think, number two on his best films of the year, or people are not into, like, think it's really messy. So I'm interested to see it for that reason. Ooh, I feel Craig, like hang, on, hang on one second, Craig. We're we're on a we're in a pause. Um, I think Megan maybe is going to get Ava DuVernay. Oh no, she has the origin screener, so she's going to be able to still lived here. Sorry, bet you wish you still (laughs) lived here. So she'll be able to talk about that. And then the other one for me, Megan already mentioned, but Zone of Interest. I have also not seen. It opens here on Friday. I will see it on Friday. Did Um, you say Megan will be able to talk about origin? Yeah, if, I oh, don't know if you watch it. Oh, absolutely not. I definitely no. have the screener and have not watched it. <laughs> no, great, 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 great. There's only so much I can do. And you know I'm re-watching Mad Men for the third time. And that I, is really... We just finished a Sopranos rewatch. My See, wife had never seen it, so we watched Sopranos. We started a Wire rewatch, but now we're like kind of halfway into the first season and now shows are coming back, so we'll mm. see. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you might have to step We'll see when we get that. to it. Yeah. Um... Should we well, jump into this? Do you want to do? Do you want to do any honorable mentions, or should we hold those for the end? Let's Maybe hold we'll those, hold for, those the, for the end. Let's hold those yeah. for the end because there's other things we could say and be like whatever. But let's go through the top ten. Uh, yes, I, the only thing I want to say is <laughs> the first half of my top ten. You're going to be like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> no, I I 
fully expected that. I fully expected that was a possibility here, um, given given the year you've had with the child and everything. Um, yeah, that I might... and also just the heads. You know what it is, guys? It's the headspace. It's yeah. the headspace. Should we? Not a good one. Should we do what we usually <laughs> do, where if one of us has it on our yeah. list, also we'll talk about it when we get higher. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's let's do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So <laughs> let's start with your number ten because I bet it's not on my list. I was going to say, ooh, do you do you think we should? Do you think we're going to have to wait to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves? <laughs> okay. Should I? You know what I'm going to do is um, I'm going podcast? to. <laughs> I'm going to log off. I liked Dungeons and Dragons, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my long list of my 179 films that I saw that were 2023 releases. And I'm going to tell you uh, what number I have. uh, Oh, God. For a second, I thought you were going to go through 179 films. And I was going to say, I'm going to log off along with all, all the rest of our listeners. Dungeons and Dragons on our own thieves would love to see. Guys, I watched it at home. Um, on the projector, in my bed. I think I was... I don't know when this movie came out. Uh, listen. It came out in, like, March. Okay. Yeah. And, I did, and I saw it, you know, from home. Yeah. It's fun. I don't know. It's listen, a Listen, I don't movie. disagree with you. It I was a fun movie. I literally was toggling between... <laughs> I was like, what other movies were fun? The last movie I saw in theaters it, before the baby was Megan. Um, which great name, great name. Spelled, spelled wrong. Weird. Yeah. yeah, they spelled it wrong. Um, but that movie, there was like, uh, then after the baby was born, I went with my mother and saw 80 for Brady. That was very fun too. But of all the like, what did I enjoy? Like, mm-hmm. I truly tried to think this, this list in particular, I was like, what did I enjoy watching? Yeah. What did I enjoy? Not the art of it. What, what stuck with me? What do I want to go back to? And the answer is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Listen, I enjoyed that movie. I, I, I have it at number 82 on my list, but hey, that's still top half. Mm-hmm. That's still top half. It. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I will watch more. Yeah. Can I tell you my biggest issue with Dungeons and Dragons Honor, Honor Among, Among Thieves? Thieves? Sure. Is that I wish they had kind of. So the things I liked the best were. Like like Jonathan and the cat people and stuff that were very clearly like it was like sort of chintzy. It was like people in costumes, yes. and I wish they had gone in that direction fully instead of mm-hmm. some of the bad CGI. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't need bad CGI from you know the Red Witch or whatever. Fully, especially because um, it's not you're I not impressing they, me. I've seen yeah. I've seen like I've seen highbrow art C- CGI, so it's like just yeah. Everybody I just wish they had fully committed to being like, we're going kind of low grade on this. Yeah, which had been fun. I will say just like, I'm really enjoying Hugh Grant's like heel turn since Paddington 2. Uh-huh. I think he's really, yeah. he's fun, he's good at it and it's very funny and um, yeah, I just enjoyed myself and uh, I think they, other than, yeah, trying to make it something it's not, I think they did a good, I think when they leaned into like, guys, this is a movie about Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, right. It was really fun and they did a good job. Uh, my number 10, I think most people would also consider like a low art um, film and that's Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> huh. A movie I did see and is not in my top 10. Yeah, I know you you weren't a huge fan of this film. Um, I said it I, was, I said it's mid Scorsese. Yeah. 
I think the big thing for me with this is I would say it being at number 10 is probably still a disappointment because this yeah. was probably the movie I'd been looking forward to the most for like the last three years. Um, but ultimately, there was enough in it that I liked. And I told you after I saw it, I was incredibly moved by the last scene yeah. of this film. Um, and I think that probably vaunted it like five or six spots on my list just because I was kind of blown away by that moment. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was my thing is I wish that there had been more of that throughout. I think we said when we talked about this originally, like, I think we talked about this on the podcast, uh, the, the end bit when it cuts to him, they're doing like the staged reading of the whatever. I, I wish there had been, if that had been the framing device or, you know what I mean? That there had been a little bit more of that style kind of throughout. Um, he doesn't make a bad movie, you know, it's not a bad movie. I just think maybe that's not, this is another exact, this is a great example. Another example of like expectations are fucking high. Yeah. And I just think they were not met. Yeah. De Niro though, man, he's so good. (laughs) It's weird to see. It's weird to, cause he makes some choices now that you're like, okay. And then it's weird for him to be in this movie and be like, oh, he's still like fucking incredible. You know who secretly is my best, my favorite performance in the movie, though? Jesse? Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. It's so weird that Jesse Plemons has gotten to a point that is like, I'm in this movie with Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone giving this great performance, but I'm really going to come in two hours in and really give it a jolt of uh, energy that it needs because I'm Jesse fucking Plemons. Because I'm Jesse fucking Plemons. He's very very likable. For a weird-looking dude... He's mm-hmm. very likable. Listen, tell Kiki about it. I was going to say, I think Kiki has something to do with that. I think the fact yeah. that Kiki likes him means I like him. Because have you seen the trailer for Civil War, the new Alex Garland movie? No. It's about a civil war in the United States. Um, and Kirsten Dunst plays a journalist. And I think she's the lead of the movie. But in the trailer, Plemons is in it. And he plays like someone on one side of the war. But like his scene in the trailer is also like, by far the best scene the in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Talk about two people that have like helped each other. Like them yeah. getting together, I think has put both of their stars on the rise in a yeah. crazy way. Like Kiki was kind of fading. And then all of a sudden it was like, remember how great she is? And now she's yeah. coming back and he's the most successful person from Friday Night Lights, which if you had told me that when that movie, when that show was, no on, one would have believed you. No one would have believed me. Lance. I mean, the fact that he even at this point has like, it's one thing, if you had told me he was the most successful kid, also would not have believed you. No. But I would have been like, all right. But the fact that he's not only jumped like people like Taylor Lautner, or not Taylor Lautner, Taylor... Um, Kyle Chandler? Well, 20, that's what I was going to say. Like, I feel Coach like he's Taylor? jumped like... Do you mean Coach Taylor? No. Um, what's the Riggins name? That's... Uh, oh. Oh, my God. Taylor... Kitch? Kitch, Taylor Kitch. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. It, that's, that says something that we could not remember his name for a second. Yeah. Um, but he's also sort of jumped Michael B. Jordan. Not, like, as a movie star. Like, Michael B. Jordan's still going to, like, carry Creed. But, like, right. like if it's, like, here's a movie starring one of these two people. I'm more in, Jesse Plemons is probably in the more interesting movie. Yeah. But also the fact he's jumped Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton also. Yeah. yeah. For sure. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Anyway, good for him. Yeah. What's your number nine, Meg? 
My number nine. Um, I think my number nine is Barbie. Okay. Again, I want to reiterate. I saw this. Uh, my friend Heather Moisey, shout out. Mm-hmm. She rented out the theater. <clears throat> uh. She ran it out of theater and we went inside and it was like a ton of people. It was all our friends. And yeah. so the experience was. Did you wear pink? Um, no, I don't have any. I don't own any pink. There's pink on your jacket that you're wearing right now. Could have worn that jacket. I could have worn this jacket. It yeah. was the middle of the summer, though. So. It was hot. It was really hot. It was really yeah. hot. And we went to Glendale. Which was even mm. hotter, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I really, again. I really enjoyed it. I think I saw it again with my parents, and the more I think about it, like, I I think it has, like, less to say than I maybe originally thought, like, in a, in a, in a um, what's it called? A uh, movie theater full of, like, 30-something women. It was very, like, woohoo, yeah, like, America Ferreira's speech and yeah. the whole thing. And then watching it again, I'm like, oh, I think this is actually maybe just, like, a fun movie that looks cool and is poppy and is like, and, uh, and it moves quickly and there are some funny bits. I'm less enamored of Ryan Gosling's performance the second time through, I think, which is weird. I think he's kind of in a different movie than everybody else. Um, but it's fun. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Great. Um, I have Barbie at 16, so it did not make my top 10, but is is high up there. Um, I have also seen this movie twice. Um, I watched it at home with my wife, who had sort of similar... She didn't think particularly like any of the Mattel stuff worked kind of at all. Um, uh, I I think we might have talked about this at the time. I just... I didn't think any of the stuff with Ruth really worked. Um, oh, yeah, no. that the, yeah. Well, the, the end, for me, the, I fully agree with you. The yeah. end, and I love the line that she says, like, we mothers stay still so our daughters can see how far we've, they've come or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's lovely, the sentiment. It just got muddied because I felt like that end was so long. Yeah. It took so long. The idea of, like, oh, she wanted to become human. Like, let's get, there was, like, four different endings kind of wrapped up in the right. whole thing. So, I, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it it's good. a good movie. Good Enjoyed movie, it. Sorry. Okay, your number nine. My number nine, you probably—I almost guarantee you haven't seen because it has not been released theatrically yet. I saw it at the Philadelphia Film Festival. It's a movie called *The Promised Land*. Oh, I've heard of it though. It rips. You're gonna like this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, it all done. takes place check, in the nineteenth—I think it's nineteenth century. He plays a retired army captain that basically goes to this area of Denmark that is considered, like, barren. And he's going to cultivate the land. He's going to plant potatoes and grow potatoes there. And the king is, like, really into the idea of this being an area that people can, like, farm and live on. Um, so he goes there, but the nearest wealthy landowner is, like, an asshole. So... Basically, like, he's doing everything he can to, like, make sure this does not happen. Or if it does happen, that he ends up being, like, the baron of this land as well. Sure. It's got, like, real gladiator vibes, honestly. Um, Gladiator, but with Mads. Mm. Yeah. It's just awesome. I don't know how it's, uh, like, it's, like, an awesome, like, historical action film. I mean, you've made me real... Another movie that... um 
I didn't see, but I but I I would have made more of an effort to see if it if anybody I knew had been excited about it was Napoleon, because uh-huh. um, I was so hyped for that. But this sounds like what Napoleon was. Yeah, this is definitely pro- Napoleon. I mean, it, Napoleon will be on Apple TV. I would guess within the next month. Um, because it's an Apple movie, uh, but it is it has moments that are great. Like some of the battle scenes are like really good, but the Promised Land like is definitely a better movie. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah. I'm excited. I'll yeah. watch that shit. I love that Hell yeah! Person. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Um, I think it comes out in February. So okay. Number eight. Uh, number eight. Number eight is a move. Is another again. It's just I don't think this is like high. I don't think this one is high art, which is surprising, but I really enjoyed the shit out of it, and that is May December. Okay, yeah. I, th- I thought this movie was fucking good. Like, I have this at seventeen, so I have this okay. like close to my top ten as well. Um, uh, I mean, they're both so good. Charles mm-hmm. Mountain's really good. It's very soapy. It's very yeah. like. I, in in a way that Todd Haynes, I feel like usually, it, but it's just like it's like the best directed soap you've ever seen. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I said you know I do my little TikTok reviews, and when I was talking about May December, I said that I feel like it's Todd Haynes is maybe the only person that could do that could like walk the tightrope he's sort of walking between mm-hmm. like this like pretty awful mm-hmm. dramatic story and camp. Yes, and 100%. It, it's been very funny watching like the reaction to this movie and people being like, "Well, it's not supposed to be funny." And it's like at the beginning of the movie, Julianne Moore says, "I don't think we have enough hot dogs." Hot dogs. And then they smash cut to like a hundred hot dogs on the grill. <laughs> like, what was you don't that have that for? scene if you don't want people to laugh at all yeah. throughout the course of the film. Yeah, and the dramatic push in on on that line read too. Yeah. And they oh that you got a bottle of it's a button a box of um, shit. <laughs> Do you want some Perel? I just it, it's so funny because it is such a dark subject matter. If you really think about it, you're like, oh, this is like pretty gross and pretty fucked. Yeah. But like, I I just I think it just moves so quickly too. Mm-hmm. It doesn't linger on it long. Like the long the the conversation Charles Melton has with Julianne Moore when he comes back and he's like. I think I was maybe too young or whatever is the closest that it comes yeah. to that. But they never, you know, they don't, they don't linger on it too long for better or for worse. It just yeah. makes, because the movie moves, you don't think about it too hard. <laughs> and so it's like very pulpy, soapy, campy, but like really looks very good. Sleepy, dark. Yeah. Bashful. All of the dwarves. They're <laughs> all there. <laughs> um, I really like this movie. Yeah, and you know, I didn't, I, love, I didn't love Carol, but I love this movie. What interesting. Does about me? What does that say about you? Nothing good. Hmm. I'd like to revisit Carol. I don't think I've seen Carol since I saw it on Christmas in 2015. Christmas Carol. The hearing... You say that is so ASMR to me. Just you talking about Christmas. Say it again. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Record an audio Um, my number eight is Spider Man across the Spider Verse. Nope. I don't do those. 
Yeah, I know. It's not your thing. That's fine. Um, I just think mostly just the... Clayton liked this movie too, right? Yeah. Everybody like everybody who sees this movie likes this movie that likes this sort of thing. It's honestly, it's not the superhero part of it. It's the, it's the mashup of different art styles uh, that they do like kind of so seamlessly in these movies that I just find like ridiculously impressive because um, they kind of take, you know, all these different spider first comics that are illustrated in different ways and then put them all into the movie in the ways they're illustrated, which is, it's just a cool, it's just a cool thing they do. Hey, so um, I know that that was a hit, but like what's happening to Marvel? Cause I try, well, I remember I tried to watch. Well, so this is a little weird because Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is not, it's Marvel related obviously. And like, Marvel has a bit of a hand in it, but it's not Marvel Studios. It's not Disney. Okay. It's Sony because Sony owns all the Spider-Man properties. Okay. Um, which is why it's very weird that they have these. They've put out these two Spider-Verse movies that are like two of the best reviewed movies of the last four years or whatever. And then every other movie they have done on their own, not any of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, but like the Venom movies have made a lot of money, but like Madam Web, like, looks like one of the worst movies ever made like and they kind of like consistently what like keep putting out like Craven like, the Hunter met, has been just she I, says he met, he met her he met my mother he met my mother while she was studying spiders in the Amazon, Amazon, Amazon before she died before she died right yeah Oof. what a line yeah what a line what a trailer um, you know what did was whoever wrote that line do you think they knew that that would wind up in the trailer oh a hundred percent they're like mm. this fucking rocks this slaps people are going to be writing about this on the internet what they didn't know (laughs) (laughs) i just think it's interesting i was walking i was on the street the other day and there's a huge aquaman 2 poster and i was like when does that come out oh it came out in december hmm so i just am like curious about these movies it's been a very weird like since i've been doing these like little reviews like literally every movie i've seen not every movie but most of the movies i've seen i'd say in the last six weeks are either one of the best or one of the worst films i've seen all year like it's all like okay we're oh, yeah. gotta well, find a spot in my January. top 30 for this movie and yeah. then it's like okay gotta find a spot in my bottom 15 for this movie yeah. um so um, I'm just asking. I just was curious. I'm just texting uh, front of the pod, Rachel Lewis. Does Larry go, still go see every Marvel movie? Because for a while there, that was like. Oh, 100% he does. You think? I'm just yeah. curious. I'm like, do you think he went and saw Aquaman too? That's not a Marvel movie. That's DC. Oh, shit. So do you think he went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3? He definitely saw Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I would be, which was actually really well reviewed and made a ton of money. Oh, my I God. Would be, that movie, by the way, I tried to watch again. Very, very cl- po- postpartum. Yeah. I, I, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. That was Guardians in, of the in, Galaxy in, Volume 3. It was incomprehensible. Could not understand it. Could not, couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't. <laughs> Had you watched any of the Guardians of the Galaxy Yeah. Films? The first one I loved. The second one I was like, okay. And then this one I was like, I don't understand what is happening here. And it's three hours long? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know what we watched? Sorry, we're getting really (laughs) off track here, but I just wanted to say this. It's okay. In the hospital, do you know what we watched? So when you have a baby, 
then you have to go to the postpartum, which is lovely at Cedars. The postpartum section at Cedars absolutely fucking sucks, unless you're, I guess, a Kardashian, and then you mm-hmm. get, like, the suite. But you're in, like, a little cube, and there's TV, and you can't attach your Roku to it, because why, why would they try to make things pleasant right. for you? They don't care about you anymore. Um, and it's a million degrees in there, because it has to be warm for the baby. And there are, like, five movies to choose from. So... Of the five, I think there was only, like, two that we had not seen. And one of those was a Doctor Strange. Uh-huh. And the Multiverse, and the multiverse of Madness. Who, boy. When your brain is not on those movies, <laughs> there was a lot of rewinding, is all I'm saying. There was a lot of rewinding. It's, uh, yeah, you'd be like, just, who's America Chavez? Can you go what? back? Do you just have to... There's so much lore now you just have did you to make like, it to the post credits of M- multiverse of madness absolutely not i don't know that we finished when Charlize theron shows up as some sort of like Charlize theron? space goddess <laughs> what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing sorry this is a, the t- subject for another podcast but i truly was like and you know another movie i really movie another show that i really enjoyed was loki and then it came back for a second season, and I was like, I cannot, I can't follow this. It is a little hard to follow. And it also it's, doesn't get good until halfway through the second. Okay. The, like, the second season's like, the first half, I'd say, is pretty slow going. Um, I just you think give we, me, I just think, I just think we need to make these, make these things make sense. Well, there's only one DC and one Marvel movie coming out in the entirety of this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I don't even remember... Do you think Larry saw Maybe Ant-Man? there's not. A, is there not a DC movie? I don't know. Maybe there isn't a DC movie. The, and the Marvel movie is Deadpool 3. Oh, God. So. Well, Hugh think, Jackman's back as Wolverine, so people are very excited for, about that. Do you think Larry saw Ant-Man? Ant, Ant-Man? Yes. I think he saw Ant-Man. I think he saw Guardians of the Galaxy. He maybe didn't see the Marvels. The Okay. Okay. Just, I would not I'm, be surprised if he did. I would be surprised if he didn't see those other two, though. I'm waiting for a response. <clears throat> In the meantime, would you like to give me your number seven of the year, 2023? Saltburn. Oh, no. Yeah, loved it. Not good. Like, not, and I want to <laughs> reiterate, like, it's not a good, like, it's not good. Do you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. It just was I've like thought, listen, th- very I campy. Think, I said this to you while you were watching it. I find the first three-fourths of the movie quite enjoyable. I have it at number 58. I just think it drops off a cliff after that point. I think it's like, uh, um, I hate to do like massive, I hate to really do spoilers for a lot of these movies. Usually we kind of go at that with no abandon because we're talking Rich, about movies that are 80 years old. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But we're if you like, don't know you that Barry Keoghan at this point, we're going to tell you what the fucking what Rosebud is. But if you're living in this world in the year of our Lord, 2024, and you don't know that Barry Keoghan <laughs> drinks Jacob Elordi's bathwater and humps his grave. I don't know what to so, tell you. So those are like, so ultimately when we find out, spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear about Saltburn, I don't know, jump ahead like th- three minutes. Yeah. Um, when we find out, like, he's got this, like, Kaiser Sose moment where it's like he's been planning this since he acted like he, since he, like, got rid of Jacob Elordi's bike, broke his bike so he could give him his bike. So 
If that's the case, then why does he do? Why does he drink the bathwater? Why does he fuck the grave? Because no one's seen these other things. No. Like some of the stuff he, it's like, oh, if his whole thing was like, I want to ingratiate myself into this society and eventually like take over Saltburn. Like some of the stuff makes sense. A lot of the stuff does not make sense. It doesn't bother me at all because I don't. I'm not invested. Or, or, like, I don't right. think it's good. Do you know what I'm saying? Where sure. I'm just like, this, nothing makes sense. It's all bananas. So I'm just like, like, at the, like, I literally am just laughing through it. So at the end, when it's like, uh, yeah, there's this fucking usual suspects moment, I'm like, okay. I feel like probably if I had seen it under the circumstances you saw it, maybe I would have liked it more. But I saw it as the closing night film of the Philadelphia Film Festival when, you know, not it had played it a couple. I think it had played it like Telluride or something like that. It's the new movie from Academy Award winner Emerald Fennell, whose last film was nominated for Best Picture, although it was like my least favorite of the movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year. So, like, I had like a lot more built up, I think, in going into it. I think her performances are great. I don't think she's going to. I think Rosamund Pike is incredible in the movie. Yeah, I think she's so fun. She's so and, good. And she and she made me so uncomfortable like in a lot of ways. She's just the most uncomfortable stuff for me was just like her and uh what's his face? Richard, Richard Grant. His, Richard Grant clearly wanting people to leave and like yeah. that whole thing is like Well, they it, also like, should was, make an Oscar category for like best performance under 10 minutes and give it to Carrie Mulligan for oh Saltburn. It just was. It just was very entertaining. Yeah. But again, it's very. It's a. It's camp. Yeah. And it's what I think is interesting to me is that it's getting all. I mean, I guess it's just because of Emerald Fernell and the cast because it's getting all this award buzz, and I'm just like, guys, we're like, what are we doing? Like, this isn't like, you know. I mean, I'll yeah. choose this to watch over Killers of the Flower Moon any any day, but I. It's just funny and fun in camp. Right. I think she wanted the turn to be like what the turn was in Promising Young Woman. Bad. Which worked a lot. Well, but it was more of a surprise than... Right. This didn't seem like a surprise to me. Like, I was no. like, well, yeah, duh. Like, guys, he's been a psychopath, like, the entire time. Also, it's if like, if you want, like, to trick... Like, it's played by Barry Kiel, like, the weirdest little <laughs> motherfucker... <laughs> yeah. ...on planet Earth. Like, of course he's, like, a weirdo. Yeah. I had enjoyed myself, but go ahead. Seven. My seven is Anatomy of a Fall. I haven't seen this one. That um, I don't want to say too much about it. Don't but, don't give it away. Uh, you know what it's about mm-hmm. in general. Courtroom so, dra- drama. Courtroom drama. Uh, writer. Her husband falls, is pushed, jumps dies and basically it's a whole courtroom drama about did she murder him or not um but yeah just a terrific movie it is i will never understand a lot of people say it's because they knew that the movie would get other attention and this was a way to like double their chances why france chose the taste of things which a lot of people do love but over anatomy of a fall which i feel like is much more populist like Mm -hmm. The Taste of Things is a turn of the 19th century gourmand love story that, like, 
an hour of it is just people cooking and yeah. it looks great, but anatomy of falls like a courtroom drama about murder. Like that's, yeah. I just feel like that's way more interesting to a lot of people. So, yeah. um, yeah. that would have so been a lock gonna, for best, but you're thinking it would have been a lock for best picture, best foreign, best foreign. I think it would, de- I mean, it's been winning like best international picture everywhere, but it won't be nominated at the Oscars because it wasn't Francis submission. So, like, it won the Critics' Choice. It won the Golden Globe. Um, I think it's going to get nominated. For, I think it's probably going to get nominated for Best Picture. It's looking like it's going to be one of the ten. So, well, I'll watch it. Obviously, that'll yeah. be on the list. Um, Six. Okay, we're moving out of cult. Cult. I keep saying cult. Campy territory now. <clears throat> uh, number six for me is Society of the Snow. The new I movie. have this at number five. Oh, okay, great. Um, I don't think it reinvents the wheel. I don't think it does, like, you know what I mean? It's not, but, like, sort of like the, in, like, the impossible, mm-hmm. his, his, whatever, his other movie. Yeah. It's just a very harrowing story, extremely well told. And, yep. and for me, by the way, just want to point out one part, when that avalanche comes and they're in, that's the most harrowing part for me. That part, I'm like. For me, it's the the initial plane crash. I think the initial plane crash is like one of the most brutal things I've ever seen on screen. And you know, uh, my and the when oh yeah, I don't want to. Get Allie away, had listened to a podcast all about this event, like maybe six months ago, and she was like, "I think you should listen to this." And I was sort of familiar with the story. Obviously, this is the same story as was told in the movie Alive, but this is a much more historically accurate version of the story about the Uruguayan rugby team that crash lands in the Andes and then survives there for three months or whatever. Um, so I went and saw it in theaters right before it hit Netflix, and then I said to Allie, I was like, you know, you'll probably be interested in watching this because I know how much the podcast. And when she was talking about the plane crash, she was like, you know, so often when we see even true-to-life plane crashes portrayed, we don't really know what happened because no one survived it. Yeah. So it's just basically like, well, we know, like, based on, like, the black box, like, it hit this way, like, and that's all we know. But this, like, we have survivors, so they can be like, well, this is what happened to me when the plane crashed, and this is what happened to the people two rows behind me when the plane crashed. And yeah. it's... uh it's a lot. I was uh, talking to former guest Alex Fast about movies, and I suggested this, and he was like, I have a fear of flying. I won't even let the trailer run on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was probably, I don't know when Alive came out, but my dad rented it, and yeah. uh, I was a kid, and he, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but during the plane crash sequence, he called me in from the other room and was like, hey, Meg, you want to see you want to see something crazy? And I was like, okay. And he played me the plane crash sequence from Alive, which is also pretty tough. Not as tough as this, but yeah. pretty tough. People still getting sucked out the back. Yeah. And uh, rough. Thanks, Mike. It's a miracle um, that I'm still okay with flying. I keep reminding myself, I'm like, well, this is the 70s. People driving around in cars without car seats in the 70s, without seatbelts. Yeah. 
Uh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. I cried. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Um, my number six, and then we'll go to your number five, because we just talked about number five, is Poor Things. So I won't go into it too much since you haven't seen it yet. Um, obviously, Frankenstein-esque tale. I think all the performances are really good, especially Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo. What Emma Stone is doing in this movie, uh, I think is kind of incredible, because the way that she tracks... It seems exhausting. Like, it seems very yeah, the tiring. way she tracks this character vocally and physically as, like, her brain grows, basically, is... I, I mean, I don't know how her and Yorgos Lanthimos kind of went through, like, and basically, like, like to be lame actor school. I'm sure they, like, scored the script. I'm like, okay, now here, like... You're at this age. And I think it'll be interesting for you to hear the big part is because you have a growing child because they have talked about, I've heard her talk about in interviews because she has like a two and a half year old or something at this point. And people have been like, was that actually maybe like partially helpful for you in like doing this role because you've just watched like, you know, these like moments of growth among your child that you're kind of aping in this film. The only, I will say that, uh, Gerard Carmichael's in this movie, and he's super out of his depth. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. I, I heard that from somebody. that Anthony told that to me. He was like, it, it does yeah. not. It does not. It does yeah, not I mean, work. I like Gerard Carmichael. I think he's funny, but he is, uh, he's not ready to go toe-to-toe with Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo. So how does this movie, as in the Yorgos panth- Pantheon, how does this stack up? Because you so liked I've, all the other three, too, right? Yeah, I the think lobster, it, the favorite, I think, and killing of a sacred deer. Yeah, I would need to rewatch. I want I, kind of immediately after I wa- left Poor Things, I was like, I really liked that. I think I'll like it even more the next time I see it. Mm-hmm. Which is how I feel about a, most of his movies. I think the favorite is my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I would need to. I I would probably want to go back and rewatch all four of them and then rank them properly. It's probably. I would probably slot like on like first viewing. I think the favorites maybe the only one I've seen multiple times. Uh, I'd maybe slot it in at three. I'd maybe slot it in over Killing of the Sacred Deer, which I feel like has like awesome moments, but sometimes drags a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's definitely become. Like, way high up the list on, like, I can't wait to see yeah. what his next movie is. Yeah. Well, it's, we're, we're moving, to move on, it's funny to me because, again, the most of the other, most of the movies on this list are sort of like Society of the Snow, like, not reinventing the wheel, right? Yeah. Like, it's like a very, it's a very interesting story, super well told. Right. It's not crazy. And I think that's why I said at the top of this, like, none of these, like, blew me away in that way. Yeah. Which is why I'm interested to see poor things and interested in Yorgos in particular because, like, it's going to be something I haven't seen. It's going to be yeah. something interesting. And, you know, again, there's a time and place for it. doesn't have to be interesting just to, for interesting's sake. Right. But, um, yeah. Can I go number five? You can. Okay, this is an example of a movie that got super hyped for me. And I was like, this movie's going to fucking rock my world. And then I was like, oh, it's a really good movie. And it didn't, not in the same way, but I still loved it. It was great. And that's Past Lives. I have Past Lives at number four, so we can talk about it now. Oh, great. 
Um, yeah. Really uh, great performances. Like it's a to- it's a real talky movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the scene when they're at the bar at the end is the best scene for me. Um, and there's been a lot made too of the the like end ending and the, the walking yeah. away and the walking back, which made me cry for sure. Um, I don't know. It, I I I thought I was gonna. I guess here's my thing. I thought it was going to really blow me away when I saw it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of just like a nice, like an interesting story well told. And then the more I sit with it and the more I think about it, the, the more I like it. Like, uh-huh. I'm, I, I'm interested in watching it again because I think it has more to say even than I sort of gave it credit for the first time that I saw it. Just about like, you know, I don't know. I once heard someone say like, talk about um life in that like they you are all your ages at one time Uh so it's like you're 40 right but you're also 31 and you're also 12 and you're also 25 you have all those like and that's kind of the well i'm i'm just i'm just 25 you're just 25 sorry right well you're 25 and you're 24 yeah, that's true. And at 12, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. all of those things. Just not um, just not 40. Just not 40. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> can I, honestly, I cannot. No. Um, but I think about that when I think about this movie and how you can encompass, like, all those different ages. And it doesn't diminish any of the ages. It just means that you're not in that age anymore. And, uh, right. I think that's, like, a beautiful thing and, and a good way in order, f- a good way to move forward and not live in the the what ifs of the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was pretty blown away by this movie. I just think finding like these three actors, I mean, obviously tail you is not someone I was familiar with at all, but like giving Greta Lee a shot at like a major performance when most of us just know her is like, Oh look, it's the bartender from Russian doll or, you know, like the annoying uh, Marnie's annoying friend from girls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then John McGarrow, who I think has been really solid for like 15 years, I think probably, I think the most upsetting thing for me award season wise with this movie is that, I'm glad that it has hung on and probably will be a Best Picture nominee, but I feel like if it had come out in October instead of yeah. June or whatever, that she would be more of a lock, whereas right now I feel like she's fighting for the fifth slot. Yeah. And I feel like John Magaro would really be in the Best Supporting Actor conversation, which I feel like he is not at all. Yeah. For me, the scene, the the conversation they have in bed was like yeah. definitely like one of the scenes of the year. So. Yeah. When she says, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where yeah. I'm, yeah. It's, yeah. It's good. You should see it. It's yeah. a quiet movie, but it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so my five was Society of Snow. Four was Past Lives. So what is your number four? My four is um, a movie that also made me cry. Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Great movie. It's in my... I have it lower... But it is in my, it's at 24. It's still my top 25. And it moved up when I rewatched it. That's one of, I've only seen two movies this year twice. And it was Are You There, God is Me, Margaret. Did you watch it? Did you want to watch it with Allie again? Did you show it to her? Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I cried. It made me sad that I will never have a daughter. Um, uh, And also maybe a little relieved. Uh, (laughs) And it brought back period memories, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Um, it's great. Well, because you don't have those anymore. Because I don't have those anymore. <laughs> That's all dried up <laughs> down there. Um, thank God. Uh, sorry, dried up. What is happening? Gross. Really, sorry, we've like turned a corner. Yeah. Scrub that. Scrub that. <laughs> um, Rachel McAdams, man. One of the best we got. She really is. She she's sort of entered. I mean, I guess it's a little different with women because of how the industry views them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But she does sort of remind me. You know how like we always like my thing with Brad Pitt's always been like he's a better actor than he needs to be. Yeah, totally. He's and so I feel handsome, like Rachel yeah. McAdams is a better actress than she needs to be. One hundred percent. Yeah. She could have coasted on Regina George for yeah ever, and, and she just didn't even come back for bitchies. that. She didn't even come back for that ad. No. Even Amanda Seyfried came back and did the ad. Yeah, Amanda Seyfried, arguably more Oscar Beatty than. Uh, yeah, Lacey Chabert has been writing that ad for <laughs> <laughs> twenty years, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's a great movie and. Yeah, it's lovely. Abby Ryder Forsen, what a find. Have um, I what? No. Uh, oh, the, the little girl. girl who yeah. plays Margaret. Like, yeah. Because She's if you incredible. don't get someone good, like, the movie's going to kind of fall with it. And yeah. Kathy Bates, amazing. Oh, Kathy Bates. So good. And I like um, Benny Safdie, too. I was, like, very into him. Yeah. Thought he did a good he job. Did a good job. And you, uh, now, how many times a day do you try and increase your bust? Is that something that you're still... <laughs> That's, um, <laughs> like hourly. How many times do I do that? Like, yeah. like hourly, like a hundred percent. Yeah. You, you know, you can do that with push ups too, but push ups are a lot harder. So, oh yeah. 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 And it doesn't Much work the same if you don't chant. Right. Gotta no. chant. Yeah. Gotta chant. I did do that when I was a little girl, by the way, I did do that. I think did probably little girls that read this book definitely do it too. Yeah. Right. Like they're like, why not? Like. I'm here to tell any little girls listening now that doesn't really work. Yeah. Well, you didn't chant. You Contrary didn't have to friends what I chanting said. with you, probably. No. <laughs> Alone in my room. Yeah. Although I can't imagine wanting Lauren your like period. banging on the wall, being like, "Shut, Shut up the in there." Fuck up. <laughs> I, I, I did not want my period. That is a weird thing. I did not wish for that to happen. Right. It was a dark day. I was 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but of course you were a competitive gymnast growing up and yeah, that often no, yeah. happens that's, to, what, yeah. that's what people don't know about me I weighed yeah. 60 pounds you know yeah. through high yeah. school graduation so yeah <laughs> okay on to the next all right uh, do but, you want to do your number three yeah I do oh my number three my number three is a fucking stoner Loved this movie, Renaissance, a film by Beyonce. Okay. Not, uh, I have not seen this. Okay. You've not seen Renaissance? I'll be honest. I like Beyonce. I don't love Beyonce. And because with this and Eras Tour, they were not A-list eligible. I didn't want to spend $28 to go see the concert film. I understand it's great. I will eventually see it. You know, Craig, there but, are two types of people in this world. There are the Taylor Swift people. That's me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's the Beyonce people. Yeah, that's, that's you. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't. I did not see the Eras tour, and I did not see the Eras tour movie. 
Um, but right. from what I understand, the Eras Tour movie is like it's, it's not really a movie. It's just like a film version of the concert. It's, it's not like Renaissance where it's like yeah. a documentary weaving in the concert footage. Yes. Yeah. The, the I think what, what really blew me away was the yeah was the back sto- was like the stories that they told a lot of the stories that they told behind the music and like how she as again there's a lot of stuff too about like Blue Ivy. Like, and her being a mother and how that's kind of influenced her. It was, it blew me away and it made me feel very lazy. Sure. We have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce. How is she doing this? I don't know. It seems exhausting. The painstaking, the work that she goes, that she puts into this all of everything she fucking does seems exhausting. I don't understand how she does it. And there's a part of the beginning where she goes, cause she like, they like built, you know, they built these like sets for the Renaissance store, which I also saw. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she wanted like this one particular like effect or whatever. And like this, with this, with this, they needed this rig and they're like, well, we can't, she said this to like the guys, the tour managers or whatever, the guys building the sets. And they're like, well, we can't do that. That doesn't exist. And she was like, so I did a Google and yeah, it does exist. And you can do that. <laughs> like, and we're going to do that. Right. Like, it's just such a wild thing of like, again, I don't know if that they would say that to a man. I don't know if they were just like, whatever, she's going to give it up or whatever, but they don't know fucking Beyonce. Cause they're not going to give it up. She's not going to, she's not going to lay down. And um, the movie's really good, and I I recommend it. If you're a fan, yeah. if you're not if you're not a fan, you're still gonna be like, damn, this woman puts in a lot of effort and right. earns her money. That's all. That's, That's all. all. And also, guys, if you're not a fan, and fucking the mute challenge happens, if you don't you know, like shut, you better not talk. When she says, look around. During energy, if she says, look around, everybody on mute, it's not cute to be like, I'm going to talk during the mute. Shut your fucking mouth. Shut up. Shut up. Preach. Thank you. Thank you for saying it. Is that a Stanley? Are you drinking from your Stanley? Yeah, I'm a basic bitch. We were supposed to record this podcast four days ago, but Megan's been in line at Target waiting to get a new Stanley. (laughs) (laughs) It was a Christmas gift, you Taylor Swift motherfucker. And uh, it does keep my beverage cold. Yeah, looks, listen, if it works, it works. My number three is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I know you love this movie, and I haven't watched it yet, and I'm embarrassed about that. It's on Hulu. Okay, putting it on the list under the promise. Okay, go ahead. Um, so this uh, is about a group of uh, disparate individuals that uh, for a variety of reasons decide to blow up a pipeline, as it says in the title of the film, uh, in Texas. Uh, You know, some of them are just climate change warriors, and there's other people that it's really specific reasons why they're doing it. Um, But it's basically like a heist movie um, with uh, Marxist pop uh, politics and... It's good. I think it's really, I just think it's really tense and really well done. And some of the actors may look familiar, but it's not like any like big names or anything like that. Um, 
yeah, I just really suggest people check this out. Um, it's just, a, I think even if your politics, uh, unless you're like super, super conservative and will then take issue with it for some reason, I think you can, you don't have to believe that the best way to affect change is by blowing up pipelines to enjoy this movie. So, um, do you yeah, think we have just, any uh, super, super conservative listeners? I have no idea. It's possible. It's always possible. You know, we're both known, you know, Renos, so. <laughs> I don't even um, know what that means. Republican in name only. Oh. It's something that uh, super conservatives or conservatives will put on people they feel like are Republican, but too, too liberal. Too woke. Oh, too woke. Too woke. Feeling woke right now, drinking iced yeah. coffee out of a Stanley Cup. There you are. She's she's awake, but she's not awake. woke. She's starting. She's starting. Uh oh. She's starting. Can I get to number two? My number two. You can get to number two. Okay. My number two is Asteroid City. Great. Talk a, about a, it. A Wes Anderson movie that kind of flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the performances are really good and again sort of like past lives the more I sat with it the more I thought about it Mm -hmm. and um, I just thought it was really beautiful particularly Scarlett Johansson um, is like so good in it and sad and also Tom Hanks there is really the scene I I don't know it's about I think it's about death I'm not sure Mm -hmm. I need to like I need again I need to rewatch it but it's um I think it's really lovely in a way that he often tries to be but it is more joke it gets lost in the jokes and I think there's maybe fewer jokes here even Mm -hmm. though there are some funny bits and so it's really I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of losing the thread. What did you think? I liked Asteroid City quite a bit. I have it at 49, but I do think it's something that would raise up my list on a second watch. Um, I thought it was, even for Wes Anderson, probably a a bit too dense. Yeah, uh, just I think the, that's what just it, the layers. Yeah, I think of, it was darker. It's darker yeah. and denser than a lot of. And I I love Moonrise Kingdom, and you know what right. I mean. And and a lot of the themes I think that he's had in past are like easier to parse. Like yeah. even like the the Royal Tenenbaums and like whatever. It's like right. It, it's it's not that there's no depth there, but the the themes are easier to parse. And I think this movie is sort of a departure, and it feels a lot more personal, and it feels a lot darker. And I. Yeah dug that i was into it yeah um i love the margot robbie jason schwartzman scene i think that's yeah. also one of the scenes of the year yeah. um yeah definitely something i want to revisit um but i liked it when i saw it um my number two i like two, the part when scarlett johansson is like pr- is reading the scene where she's killing where she's kills herself and stuff and uh-huh. she's like and then i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna do this and it's like it's very sad but i don't know it's a good movie sorry you're number two go ahead my number two is a little movie called Oppenheimer. Wow. Uh, Really flew under the radar. Um, (laughs) Don't know that many people saw this. 
It is not getting much awards attention at all. So I'm surprised, Craig, because when I asked you what you thought, you seemed lukewarm on it. That's not true. Is that not true? It was my number one movie of the year when I saw it. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to find the text that you sent me, and I'm going to—it's going to be incorrect, I guess. But I will say that I thought the first—a lot of people, their issue with this film tends to be the last hour, which I do think at times gets a little towards the end gets a little Sorkin-y, like in a not yeah. good Sorkin way, like in a more recent Sorkin way. Um, but I actually found a lot of that stuff really fascinating. The I think the biggest issue I had with the movie on the first watch was actually like the first. 20 minutes I think they're trying to do too much too quickly and I think it's a little confusing um but yeah I think the sound design is incredible I think the Trinity test is probably probably for me the scene of the year um yeah Oppenheimer um I like that scene a lot um I th- I just think it was a little dense. It was a little. It was a. It was a little slow for me. But again, I didn't watch it in theaters. Yeah, you missed out. Things coming and, back. Things come back to theaters. And I'll tell you something. Lead I, up to the Oscars. You so. know, I do love um, Christopher Nolan. I just was like a little you bit do. like okay. Like I think you famously love Nolan more than me. Yeah. So, what a flip. What a flip. What a flip. You're number one. My number one is The Holdovers. I love this movie. My close personal friend, Paul Giamatti, is in it. Um, great in it. Great in it. Honestly, I think Divine Joy Randall is my pick for supporting actress. I really would love her to win. Uh, Seems like she's going to win. Yeah. She made me cry. Um, that is thing that made me cry. And uh, again, not reinventing the wheel. This is just a super good story, well told. I'm very happy to see Alexandra Payne make a good movie again. It's been a while. Um, it hasn't been wait. a while. We talked about, we just talked about this 10 years ago. He made yeah. the best movie of the year, and you and you thought it was bad. 10 years you're an ago? Idiot. Well, first yeah, of all, Nebraska. 10? Oh, okay, Nebraska. First of all, he's even only if made I, one movie since then. Even if I had liked Nebraska, 10 years ago is still a while, Craig. He's only made one other movie. Downside sure. is the only other movie he's made since then. So I would go ahead and say <laughs> it's been a while. I'm not saying... I'm not saying... I'm saying it's been a while since he's made this, since he's made a good movie. Make more movies like this, Alexander Payne. This is a good movie. This is a good movie. Mm-hmm. The Kid is great. It's great. Giamatti's great. He's probably going to win. I have or, a whole or do you think? Do you think, do you think he's not going to win? Giamatti? I think it's Giamatti or Killian Murphy. Giamatti won Critics' Choice as of yesterday, as of this record. So I think he's maybe slightly ahead now uh, because I think think Giamatti has a better chance because he's... Killian Murphy, like, lives in Ireland and he does his movies and then he goes and he spends time with his family. And I think people, way more people have worked with Giamatti. And um, I think he's just... Including yeah, me, including including you, and like mm-hmm. I think he's just famously like a pe- person people like. So I think a lot of times when it comes down to the two, like ultimately, it's also like I would not say like I would not say Giamatti's like chewing the scenery, but Oppenheimer's a more restrained performance. Yes, for sure. uh, which as he we've seen, like that usually 
affects like if it's if it's down to two very good performances, the bigger performance is always going to win. Killian Murphy didn't give himself a wonky eye. You know what I mean? Like he that's true. Yeah, he didn't put that the eye in. And I mean, I heard he wanted to, but Christopher Nolan was like, J. Robert Oppenheimer did not have a wonky eye. We can't do that. And he was like, but Giamatti's doing it. And he was like, that mm, is not point. a real person. Giamatti <laughs> can do whatever he wants. This is a made up character. And also, if it was, Giamatti can still do whatever he wants. Cause he's and then Oppenheimer all... and then Killian Murphy apparently was then like, Well, what if I what if Oppenheimer has a thing where he smells like fish later in the day? Because <laughs> he can't break down certain amino acids. God, that was so sad. Yeah. Also, they shot a lot of that in New Hampshire. Shout out to the Shire. Um I'm not surprised the holdovers is your favorite film of the year because it's basically just about you. Um, it takes place at a private high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Keep going. Again, we talked about how you were a gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a laugh out loud. Sorry, that part is such a LOL moment, especially because I was like, is he kidding? And then the, the cut to the car and his arm is bent the wrong way is really is a really funny bit of like, you were supposed to be responsible for me is... It's just very funny. There's like yeah. some really, it's, I laughed, I cried. I like the holdovers. I don't know. It wasn't, uh, nothing special to me. And I guess on the opposite side of what you're saying like that, I was just like, this is, yeah, this is well told, but there's nothing exemplary about it. Honestly, for me, other than Giamatti, like I, I think Davine Joy Randolph and Dominic Sessa are both. I think Davine Joy Randolph is good. I think Dominic Sessa is pretty good. I don't think either of those are great performances. Oh, I'm fine. Divine, Davine so Joy good. Randolph. See, I don't know. I felt like some of it was, and maybe it was just like some of the dialogue and stuff she had to work with. But I, it never, it never fully got there for me. I just thought um, her, but, her drunk and crying at the party, and her yeah. in the kitchen just being like, "He's gone." Yeah. So, the good news is so she, it doesn't matter what I think. She's going to win. So. Yay. Um, I'm more interested in hearing what you think about this movie because a lot of people hate this movie, but you know what? I know. Uh, our frequent multiple-time guests, Andy Stokan and Joe Gillette, are both on this island with me, and that's my number one is Maestro. So Let me tell you. Can um, I tell you something? Yeah. No, no. Actually, you go ahead. Go ahead first. I just... Uh, the two performances blew me away. I love the, to me, there's a real home video quantity to the performances that I really, really loved. And it seems like I've talked about this. I talked about this particularly with Andy and a couple people I work with that really didn't like this movie. It seems like a lot of people that don't like this movie, their biggest issue with it is that it is not like a cradle-to-the-grave biopic about Leonard Bernstein and his career, which also seems to be the thing that I feel like people complain about biopics always being. So that's why it's so weird to me that like people seem to have a problem that he decided to tell this story about their relationship and you know encapsulate Bernstein's career within it. And then they're like, but that's not really what I want. I want more West Side Story. You know what's so funny is I feel like I got to build a boat and take it to your island. 
And then I get off your island and you guys are talking about how much you love Maestro. And then I'm like, I got to get it back on the boat. But like, I'm not going back to the mainland. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like in the water in the middle. <clears throat> I thought I was going to really dislike this movie. I think it's beautiful. And about halfway through, I was like, I know why Craig loves this movie. And it's because it made me think about acting in a way uh-huh. I, do, I have not since maybe acting school. Right. There's a moment where when he, on Thanksgiving, when they've had a fight and because he's like fucking some young dude. Yeah. And he walks into uh, the room with her and he almost trips over the coffee table and he's like, oh, Jesus Christ or, or whatever. And it reminded me of like covered entrances which is the thing you learn about in acting school. They're both so good. It's sort, it's almost distracting. I think they're the, the pieces it's my only criticism with it. Cause I thought it was good. And it's funny to me. I totally agree with you that it's weird that people are like, you want to like, you want more, like you want more about him. Like it's, it's, it's interesting to me because even as a fan of, the music of West Side Story and his music in general, I'm like, I don't really care. Like, I don't really care right. to see, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not that interesting, especially stuff like composing is not fun to watch. You know what yeah. I mean? Watch somebody do. So it's funny that people have the issue. That was not my issue at all. I think the only thing that kept it from me from being like really great was it seemed a little over-directed. There were some parts where I was taken out of it because I was like, oh, man, he's really... And not just with the acting, but sometimes the acting and then sometimes some of the director, directorial flourishes. And, like, I don't really get why it went from black and white to color. I don't know. Sure. I think it was. I think it's, like, a little... But I'm also, like, again, sort of, like, salt burn. I'm not annoyed with it because I'm, like, you. he really clearly loves this subject clearly wanted to like put his stamp on it and he swung for the fences and I think when it works it fucking sings mm-hmm. and when it does it I'm, I'm like wow he's really this is a movie this is art A-R-T but I sort of appreciate that like I think right. it was you know what I mean like I think yeah. it's 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 well done it's almost just it's almost just over directed was yeah. my was my thing I will never I think forgive people for being like Bradley Cooper is so thirsty for this Oscar and it hasn't even been a year since they gave Brendan Fraser the Oscar for yeah. best actor for the whale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I said to Andy Stokin, and I was that's like, really, every that's single, by the way, a really good point. <laughs> yes. Every single person that talks about how thirsty Bradley Cooper is should have to go sit in the 200 South. This is where Megan still works, where I worked when I lived in L.A. They should have to go sit in that waiting room for half an hour and then complain about Bradley Cooper being thirsty. Because you know who's thirsty? Every fucking member of SAG-AFTRA. You can't be an actor and have any degree of success without being the thirstiest little bitch in the entire world. (laughs) We can't all be, unless you're Jennifer fucking Lawrence... Who yeah. won it when she was like twenty, and so now right. doesn't have to worry. She can be everybody's best fucking. Pal. You can be Kate Blanchett, and after you've won two Academy Awards, and everyone yeah. thinks you're the best actor on the planet, you can walk away and be like, "Yeah, Michelle Yeoh can have it this year. I'm not even gonna, you know, even though my performance is leaps and bounds better as a as a performance. I'm not talking about the movie. I just think anyone would say that like what Kate Blanchett did in Tar is 
like not comparable to what anybody else was doing in no. any movie last year. Yeah, I agree. But she can just be like, I don't care. I'm not thirsty. Yeah. I don't need a third. Yeah. But and, and yeah, then of course, add to Bradley, that, Cooper, Bradley Cooper has been nominated for more Oscars when you include producing in history and not one. Of course yeah. he's thirsty. Yeah. He and fucking that, cries at every director that he sees. We have footage of him as a 20-year-old, like, yes. blubbering at the actor's dude. Like, that's who he is. Like, yes. he's a add, theater kid. I was going to say, add to that, he is a—I'd take it one step further and say, like, he's an auteur. Whether or not yeah. you like what he did, and I, again— Sometimes liked it and sometimes didn't. It, this is something that's like he almost had too much power. It's the right. it's the thing of like he should have been made to use, uh, you know, a sh- like he shouldn't have been able to show the whole shark. It sometimes mm-hmm. like some you know what I mean. I think he would could do with a little bit of a reining in because his his directorial flourishes get a bit much. But like yeah. you cannot deny he is good at what he does and he cares a shit ton about it. Yeah. And I liked it a lot. I liked the movie a lot more than I thought I was going cuz I'd heard so many shitty things about it. Yeah. I liked it a lot more than I was going to. Especially I will say too, a movie about a musician where they didn't show his musicianship so much, which again, thank you. I don't need to see right. him composing things that seems very boring to me. Yeah. Um he used the music to great effect. Yeah. The first time we see Carrie Mulgan great effect the yeah. like d- the one time that he, we had in the extended sequence of him directing conducting, um, in yeah. the church conducting sorry uh great effect yeah yeah so i'm sort of i'm 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 on a peninsula here's your island that's and the mainland like you're that's, still on the mainland oh, craig <laughs> It's a little overdone sometimes, but they're both really, really, what really, really good. What you should have said is, I'm on a key. <laughs> I'm on, you know what I did? I'm at the Hemingway house. You're on Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> I built a suspension bridge. Uh-huh. And I'm, in the, and I'm in the middle and I'm waving to both sides. Yeah. And you guys are, wait, are, are you guys going to, are you trying to cut are you cutting the wires for the suspension bridge? <laughs> oh no, Megan's oh. stuck. <laughs> I'm going to fall in the ocean. Why would you do I that? I will tell you that those of us on Maestro Island would cut the suspension bridge way slower <laughs> than the people on the mainland. Well, that's because there's fewer of you, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. It's true. There's, yeah. there's, there's a lot fewer of you. Poor Bradley. Poor Bradley. He can't win. win. Didn't win an Oscar. Didn't win his best actor (gasps) Oscar because fucking Rami Malek won it. And now they all think he's too thirsty and they're not going to give it to him again. Bradley Cooper is, you know what it is though? Here's what it is. Bradley Cooper is male version of Anne Hathaway. Yeah. There's going to be. So many people have have pointed that out as well. I'm sorry. I thought I was the first person to be doing this. I'm I'm not the first person to point out that Bradley Cooper is Anne Hathaway. No. I thought I was being very original. Um, Hang on, let me take another sip from my Stanley. I thought I was being yeah. very original. Do you have um do you have any honorable mentions you wanted to toss out there? Um I thought Air was really good. Like got, I mean that's another just like good story, well told, and um I appreciated that. Uh I didn't love a lot of shit this year. I mm-hmm. and I, I some of the stuff that I got real hype for, I'm looking at you, the color purple. I was like, this is actually not good. I think yeah. this is not, I think this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the two that I want to shout out the most that I've never talked I there's a couple things I've talked about before, like Torian Lakito, which was my number one early in the year. Um, so the two I want to mention, because these were also things I saw at the Philadelphia Film Festival, and we uh, didn't get to talk to him because it was during the SAG strike. Um, a dream Scenario. Oh, yes. I was, gonna, I was excited for that, I and think, then it fell off. People yeah, were all I think of a sudden like, not that psyched. I think it... Uh, I think it really kind of like it unravels a little bit in its last twenty minutes, but like the first like hour and twenty five minutes or whatever is a ride and like one of my favorite things about the year. And this movie called The Teacher's Lounge, which is a German film, which uh, it's very Farhadi esque. It's about like a new teacher and someone's like stealing in the teacher's lounge, so she like sets up her phone to record. She, like, leaves some of her stuff out to see if it'll get stolen. And it just, like, similar to, like, a separation or it's just, like, this sort of mundane event. And then, like, things spiral very quickly and it becomes, yeah. like, this huge thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, like, an hour and a half and it's, like, super tense and Can I ask and you, I think it comes one- out, I think it's actually coming out theatrically soon. I just saw a trailer for it before something I saw, so... Um, there's one movie that I did want to watch that I never got around to this year because we I got rid of Apple or something and whatever a myriad reasons, um, and that is Tetris. Not good. Not good. Okay. Yeah, good. an interesting story, not well told. Okay, because I, I I thought the trailer looked good and I loved Taron Egerton, so I was like, oh, I'll yeah. watch this. I'm gonna take it off. Turn yeah. It off. Um, Megan, before we go. Um, do you have a favorite movie of 2024? (laughs) (laughs) What's come out this year, Craig? I have seen one film this year, and it is Mean Girls. Oh, shit. Musical sign in Mean Girls. Oh, okay. I was like, what is the finger? Okay. Yeah. And... Have you seen the reaction videos from people online posting that they didn't know, and they didn't know it was a musical and the disappointment? No, I've seen the reaction videos of people that are, like, obsessed with the musical that don't like the orchestration of the movie soundtrack, but they haven't actually seen the movie at all yet. Um, Which, honestly, the Mean Girls score is not very good. There's, like, I'd say, like, one banger. Um, And it... The movie eventually sort of won me over. And I'll tell you, even though I don't like a lot of the songs... The musical moments are interesting, and there's some updated jokes, like, to update for the time period that are good. Every single time they—and, of course, they have to do it from the stage production. And Like, any time they hit, like, one of the main lines from the movie, it's like, okay, I don't care. Mean Girls is a perfect film. Like, yeah. I don't need to see you guys do that again 20 years later. Yeah. Um, but— uh, Do they do, like—I'm just curious. Do they do, like— we wear pink on Wednesdays. I want yeah. my pink shirt back. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess I'm like, I'm just trying to kind of get a grasp on what this. Yeah. They do is. fetch. Fetch. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. They have to like explain why there's a burn book because why would anybody be physically writing in a book at this t- period of time? <laughs> um, but I think most of the performers are good in particularly um, the Janice character is played I can't remember her name, but it's the girl who voiced Moana. Oh, oh, good for her. Good for her. Um, and she's quite good. I was just thinking about her and wondering what happened to her. 
now I know. And a lot of people seem to not like her, but Angori Rice, who you would, she was she was Kate Winslet's daughter in Maravistown. Mm-hmm. She's this Australian young Australian actress who's just she's in a ton of stuff. She's like in the Spider Man movies as like the like sixth like student character. Like she recurs, but like she's not Zendaya or sure. Ned the, or whatever. The yeah. Um, but I think she's Katie Heron and I think she does a good job too. I think everybody in it does a good job. It's um, just, do you like do that? We, girl? Do, we do you like Renee? Probably Renee not. Rapp? Renee do you Rapp. like her? Yeah, she has a good job too. I don't think her songs are good. Like as written, she yeah. has an amazing voice, but I don't really like the Regina George songs. Okay. Well, I look forward to watching that on a plane someday. Anyway, that's my number one of the year because <laughs> I have yet to see the Book of Clarence or the Beekeeper. Oh right, yeah. We, yeah. You you could say that's your she's Mean Girls is one of one, the only one number. One. I will tell you, you want to hear that's a before we go this because I track my movies as we go. So you want to hear my number ones of twenty twenty three? Yeah. Thus far, without having seen like some of the like, Zone of Interest, that maybe it could be number one. The first movie I saw, Megan was my first number one. Then Infinity Pool. Then Emily. Right. Which is that movie I told you to see that you never saw, I bet. Definitely not. But it's on the list. And 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 it's it's moved up now because Tetris is gone. Right. John John Wick Chapter chapter 4. Too long. Tori and Lakita. How to Blow Up a Pipeline, Oppenheimer Maestro. So I had eight number ones throughout the course of the year. Will it be nine? Will it be ten? Who knows? Who knows? We, you've still got a couple to go. Still got a couple to go. I've only seen 179. I'm going to go see Freud's Last Session this afternoon. Oh, I'm afternoon. excited about that. I think that looks good. I mean, he picks good movies. Yeah, so, yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. All right. What's well, Maddie's te- number one of the year? He's behind you. Let me ask him. Maddie, what's your number one movie of the year? Oh, yeah. When Evil Lurks. I don't do horror Oh, I, that's one I didn't see because I don't have Shudder. He doesn't have Shudder. He doesn't see it. He said it, he described a couple of the scenes for me, and I was like, this is why I don't do horror movies. Yeah, you're not going to watch it. Yeah. No. He loved When Evil Arts. He also loved, what's the new me Rapace one? Didn't he like another horror movie? Which, the, the what, what, women bodies? Or? That sounds like three years ago. Oh. Oh, the, yeah, the, the Macedonian. Yeah, he loves film. just like telling me gruesome things and he's like this movie is so fucking good and you're never going to see it and that's my impression of him it's pretty good he's finally yeah. going can you hear him saying not at yeah. all for yeah anyway wh- where evil lurks when, when evil, evil lurks, lurks yeah. is okay. um Meg do you have anything you like to plug um no God, I felt like I did, but then I remembered that I have not been in anything. You've been replaced as Verizon mom by friend of the podcast, Amy Handelman. Amy Handelman. <laughs> Who's now this, Verizon mom. It's funny. We have the exact same commercial and theatrical agent. She's just like a more... They're like, she's like a can we get Amy that like, actually Amy has a conflict for cars right now. She's in this Hyundai commercial. I'm like, I guess we'll uh, see Megan. I guess then. we'll see Megan for this. <laughs> um, she just booked some plug... movie that I didn't. It's fine. No big deal. Don't worry it's about whatever. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to plug uh, my TikTok channel, Craigslist of Films, where I'm finishing up 2023. And when 2024 comes... I am also going to share them to the same account on Instagram. I got too far behind and it was too hard to upload instead of just share 
all of those things onto Instagram. So I will be available. Craigslist of films on both services. I want to watch it. I, I just don't have You'll TikTok. You'll be able to once I'm on Instagram. I know you okay, don't do great. TikTok. I don't, I'm too old for that. Yeah. Also, though, I did, did occur to me, tell your mom to... Because they're, I think they're only airing in Texas right now. But I am in a new Aldi commercial. Tell your mom. Okay, I'll let her know. And tell your, and you know what? Tell your mom about Aldi. It's a, it's like a. <laughs> is it's that a really the punch, a, Is that the, is that the line for the? That's the line. Hey, tell, yeah. your, tell your mother hey. about this. Tell your mother about Aldi. Tell your Aldi. mother about Aldi. Yeah, it's a really say affordable. Say hi to your mother for me and tell her about Aldi. Her, and tell her about Aldi. It's a very affordable grocery chain. They have. I went into my first one. They have powdered peanut butter. And if that's not a rousing. Endorsement. I don't know what it is. Not interested. Um, all right, Meg. Well, we're going to be back. I think we'll probably do 1940. We'll finish up the 40s. We'll do the Oscars. And then we've got something else possibly planned before we delve into the 30s. Something else so, planned. Um, Again, and for keep the f- pushing back the 30s because maybe yeah. we will die. And for, the f- and for the photo that we will post on our Instagram, I will be wearing a hat that Megan purchased for me for Christmas. So you all watch, can enjoy that. that. If you just listen, make sure to check it out. Also, you're going to need to put a little insert of the, the back of it because I think that's the yeah. best part. Yeah, okay. for sure. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.